What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation from Atlanta, Georgia. It is my show, The Eric Erickson Show. Those of you expecting Mark K, he will be back on Monday under the weather today. So they got me on live on his stations. Uh, now. If you want to be a part of this program, you can call in again, 877-973-7425. Real quick, I I know he's listening because he just texted me. I I want to give a a public commendation to my friend Joe Cunningham from redstate.com. He's going to be taking over the microphone on KPEL in Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, Excited for him. He's a fantastic guy, Uh, and he will have a great show. One of the, the crazy, frustrating things about the radio industry these days is how many people just say, well, let's see, this person's got a podcast. Let's put them on radio. And, you know, it doesn't always translate. And you need people in radio who actually want to be radio show hosts as opposed to people who just want to do it for for other stuff. Um, being on radio and investing in radio people is is a good thing. Now, in any event, we got to move on. I, I promised Chris I was going to go to him, and I want to, because this is a story I was going to talk about, and we need to talk about this. Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm a former classmate here from JAS. Currently oh, my ASD. gosh. Really? Yes, sir. Well, all right. What year did you graduate? Well, I graduated in the U.S. actually in 89. But, uh, okay. I think, I think your sister and I were classmates, and your parents and my parents were definitely friends. My we gosh. Right so- Basically, we lived across the street from you over there. And, oh, my uh, gosh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So for, for those of you who don't know, uh, JS, the Jumeirah American School in Dubai, no less, this is the first time I've ever had anybody call the show who went to school with <laughs> me in Dubai. Fantastic, man. Yeah. It's, uh, thanks for calling in. What's going on? Well, I just want to talk to you about the uh, Biden administration's uh, process on evacuation of uh, P2 and SIV applicants and why the Department of State here is not helping whatsoever anymore. Mm-hmm. And it uh, seems to be only charities and uh, charter flights. You know, that's the only people we're getting any action from whatsoever. So any thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, You know, I I actually, so I've now had on John Andrzejczyk, uh, who is from um, Five for Fighting, the band. He's he's the singer there. And we've had on a couple of other people who are running nonprofits. In fact, a couple of people who were special operators in the military who pooled their own money and uh, built up a network of friends to try to get Afghan soldiers who helped us out of Afghanistan. And then I know right. several nonprofit groups in this country uh, who tell me the exact same story, that the Biden administration flat out is refusing to help 
anybody get anybody out unless they do some sort of diversity quota. Like, for example, uh, the, so the military operators are telling me unless they're willing to take non-military people out, the Biden administration don't want to help them. And the Christians are telling me unless they want to take out gay and transgender Afghans, they're not willing to be helped. Nobody's willing to be helped. I have a friend of mine who's in the British government who actually uh, was also at, at uh, JAS in, in Dubai, and he tells me that uh, they're trying to help people get out as best they can, regardless of nationality. And the Americans are flat out seem like they can't even admit there's anybody left behind. Right. Yeah, it's very frustrating. I'm working with a uh, nonprofit here, and uh, I don't know. It's just so frustrating. I've been trying to help a friend of mine over there in Mazari Sharif for several months now. Good grief. It's, uh, I don't, I don't know what's going on, so I just kind of wanted your opinion on it all. If you yeah, it's, I'm, so here's here's the thing. With the election coming up, honestly, this is probably the best thing that can happen for the people who are stuck over there is this is going to be a campaign issue. It actually shows up as an underlying issue in the polling uh, for why people don't like Joe Biden anymore. And I suspect we're going to see a big display of an effort to work with the Taliban to get remaining people out of Afghanistan, which will be helpful but I just it's it's so frustrating and everybody's beating their head in a wall. Um, the the nonprofits that I've talked to and, and the people I've had on the show all tell me the same thing, uh, that if they go through the French, if they go through the Dutch, the Australians and the British, they're more likely to be able to get people out of Afghanistan than the Americans. My theory on this, Chris, is that. If you remember when they came out, first they said we didn't leave anybody behind, and then they said they'd be out very quickly, and then they said, well, the people who wanted to stay behind wanted to stay behind. Uh, they, if they, if they now made a big show of getting all these people out, their past statements contradicting this would be thrown in their face, and they would rather not have to say, "Oops, our bad," uh, and and set the record straight. And that's the most frustrating thing is they're doing it for political cover. But I think it's going to come back to bite them unless they make a big deal of it for the election season. So look, I, I'm just, I'm flabbergasted. Somebody from, from who went to school with me in Dubai would call in and I appreciate the phone call. And I wish you had a better answer for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate you taking the call and it's good to talk to you. Tell your sister, I said hello and your folks. And uh... I will. That's just, that's crazy. Wow. Chris, thank you so much. And happy new year to you. I'm y'all. I, I mean, so let me get back to Afghanistan, but tangent on Chris. So he's calling from Oklahoma. And I grew up in Dubai. My dad worked for Conoco Oil. And the, Conoco was in charge of the Dubai Petroleum Company, DPC. Uh, Conoco is headquarters in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, and uh, Texas. And I, in Houston, Texas, I have never encountered in my decade on radio anyone who went to school with me in Dubai. It's just fascinating. Now, I, I've got friends of mine that I stay in touch with over there, uh, but... I, that's just, that's that's wild, small world. So I went to the Jumeirah American School. It's now the American School of Dubai. They've given up their old campus where I went to school to another American school. And boy, it was, it was a crazy way to grow up. It really was. Um, but now back to Chris's point, the people trapped in Afghanistan. As, as I was saying, another guy I went to school with works for the British government. And we've actually, we connected years ago. You know, the problem with Facebook is you can never give up uh, being connected to the people that you knew as a kid and you don't want to actually know anymore, but they find you on Facebook. But in this case, I actually found him on Facebook. Maybe I, I, he's in that situation with me. But we reconnected. He works for the British government uh, and the foreign ministry there. 
And he's been saying this for a while, that they are doing everything they can. The British, the Australians, the Dutch, the French, the Germans doing everything they can, even the Canadians, the, the Canadians, to get people out of Afghanistan, regardless of national origin. And they have been helping Americans get out. The American government has left behind American citizens in Afghanistan. They claim that these people want to be there, and they don't. There are school kids from Oakland, California, still in Afghanistan, who were there. They were Afghans, but they're American citizens. They went there when it was safe to be there. They couldn't get out when it was time to come home, when the Biden administration escalated things and everything collapsed way faster than the Biden administration thought, and they're stuck. We are more than four months removed from this, and Americans are stuck there. We've had on, again, special operators who are doing nonprofits, religious groups that are doing nonprofits, trying to get people out of Afghanistan, and they all tell us the same story. Every single person who has come on here has told me the same story, that the American government refuses to help, that the American State Department refuses to help, and that the religious groups in particular are the ones least likely to get any help from the American government. I, I know multiple people from multiple religious nonprofits, and they also tell the same story. That unless they want to get out non-Christians and their goal is to get as many persecuted Christians out of Afghanistan, the American government won't help them. Glenn Beck organized, what was it? Um, I, I forget the group he was with, uh, organizing um, efforts to get people out of Afghanistan. And he is documented. He went to Afghanistan and documented the on-the-ground problems the American government was going to And by the way, the American military was desperate to help. It was the bureaucrats from the State Department that were interfering and refusing to help. The American military wants to help. It's the Biden administration that's caused all the problems. It is mind-boggling to me that we are in this situation where this many months in, we've still got Americans left behind in Afghanistan. And you will notice in all the coverage out there, the media really doesn't want to talk about this. You remember a couple of weeks ago, someone was um, Dana Milbank or whatever, the Washington Post, talking about, oh, the press gives Joe Biden far more negative coverage than they did Donald Trump. Well, the problem, of course, is that their negative coverage of Biden is about the negative events that are happening that are within his control that he hasn't done anything about or he's made worse, whether it's the education issue, the crime issue, the inflation issue, the supply chain issue. But they're not talking about Afghanistan. There are Americans still on the ground in Afghanistan we've left behind and that the American State Department won't get out. Not to be a broken record here, but again, I have had on this program repeatedly groups from various nonprofits to give them exposure, to give them help as they're trying to raise money to get people out of Afghanistan. One of them chartered a private plane to get people out of Afghanistan, and it was the American State Department that blocked them. Not the Taliban, it was the State Department. They can't admit what they've done, and they don't want exposure to it. And to some degree, at this point, the media is complicit in choosing not to tell the story, to not cover the story, to not highlight the fact that there are still Americans in Afghanistan who want to get out and can't get out, and the American State Department, the Biden administration aren't helping them. The media is complicit in this. 
They don't want to give any more bad publicity to Joe Biden on Afghanistan because they all know, as I've told you, that the moment his polling changed to deep negative and can't recover, it's because of Afghanistan. The public thought he was compassionate and empathetic and competent, and they realized he's incompetent and uncaring, and now it's baked into the equation based on what he did in Afghanistan. That's just the truth. It is fundamental to the presuppositions of understanding the polling that the American public no longer likes Joe Biden. He wasn't Trump. He's turned out to be even more incompetent than the public thought Trump was. And to the extent that we've left Americans behind and the press won't cover it because they don't want him to look worse than he is. But when you remember their reasons were first, everyone will get out. We promise everyone will get out. We will stay and get people out. Then it was, we will work with the Taliban to get them out. Then it was, oh, everyone's left. And then it was, oh, well, no, there are some who left behind, but they wanted to be there. They chose to be there. And that's not true. They couldn't get to the airport. They were turned away from the airport. The American State Department bureaucrats blocked them from getting on planes. The military, the American military, were heroes trying to get people out. And the Biden administration bureaucrats forced them not to do it. Everybody talks about this behind the scenes. You don't hear about it in the media because they don't want to give Joe Biden another black eye on Afghanistan when he's got all these other problems. And all these American nonprofits stepped up to help get people out of Afghanistan, and they've been told no by the State Department. Someone needs to account for this, and frankly, what needs to happen, if it's the only thing that can happen, is Republicans take back Congress and start holding detailed hearings with Anthony Bilkin, the Secretary of State, on why the State Department obstructed so many rescues from Afghanistan. The phone number here is 877 Three eight seven. Or the, I'm I'm sorry, y'all. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about what I'm about to tell y'all because I can hear this thing happening outside the studio, and I'm distracted. Eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. Related to the sound outside, y'all. I um, I think I hate environmentalists, and I need to confess my sin. And I try not to hate. We have not had recycling picked up in our neighborhood for a month. I have had cardboard boxes piled up for a month outside with a recycling bin. We recycle, we do, we try. And lately I've had to start putting stuff I would prefer to recycle inside trash bins, but we haven't had our trash picked up in two weeks. So four weeks of no recycling, and it's just cardboard boxes piled up. And when the wind blows, you got to go outside. All my neighbors, we go outside. We pick up all the stuff that's blown away. We put it back in the pile. We've been doing this for a month. And the rain has come. It's made everything soggy. It's weighed stuff down. And for two weeks now, the trash has not picked up. But we've got multiple trash cans. And we pay. You have to pay per trash can in our neighborhood, in our county. Poor neighbor uh, does not. And we've had to let them use one of our trash cans. And then we had to get an extra trash can. Uh, And now we've got a new trash service. Our county privatized trash, and there aren't enough people to pick up the trash. So a month of no recycling, two weeks of no trash, and the new company took over January 1st, and they're picking everything up. And yesterday, they began to pick up all the trash. And they just decided, well, you know, we're short staff. We don't have enough trucks. Let's just pick up all the recycling and trash together. And an environmentalist complained. They were putting the recyclables in the same truck as the regular trash and they raised holy hell. And we are now 
beyond the point of two weeks of no trash pickup because they don't have enough trucks and the environmentalists complained that they were putting the recycling in the regular trash and you can't do that. And so they stopped picking up all the trash. But I hear them outside in my neighborhood right now, finally picking up everybody's trash after weeks and weeks and weeks. And they're putting it all in one truck in my neighborhood and no one's going to complain. And that environmentalist can shove it. I'm just, I just, oh, what an idiot. Okay, now we're going to the phones. Dusty, you're next. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Hey, thanks, Eric. It's great to be on the show, man. As an uh, independent voter here in Georgia, I listen to you every day, and it's very refreshing to hear your voice of truth. Thank you very much. Um, I had a question uh, real quick. I'll let you talk at the end of it. Uh, I just want to know, I love Herschel Walker. I'm a Georgia fan. Uh, I've been a Georgia full football fan my whole life. Uh, I just want to know if you know anything about his uh, like political uh, standing and the way he thinks about political topics. Uh, <laughs> I know he's a Christian man, but That's, I haven't heard listen. anything about it. Man, I, listen, I'm 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 sorry to laugh here. No one's going to know. Uh, what you're going to need to know is that he's a he's a Trump supporting conservative, and and will vote the way you would want someone who supports Donald Trump to do. That's the problem here, is that uh, at this point they're being very guarded on uh, allowing Herschel Walker into the wild where people can ask him these sorts of questions. And we're supposed to trust the staff that this is what he thinks, but there's no confirmation verification of it. There, there. So back when I was a political consultant, Dusty, I went to a uh, week-long political campaign school uh, where I was learning the art of campaign management. And one of the people who was there who had to be friends with me was a political consultant from out West. And they had a candidate. It was in Washington State, I believe. They had a candidate who was very, very wealthy and out to lunch on everything, running for office in Washington State. I forget the office. I think it was Congress. The guy was an idiot, completely out to lunch. I'm not saying Hirsch Walker is. I'm just, I'm just go with the story. The guy was an idiot, completely out to lunch, had nothing in common with your average sort of person. And so they sent him to his house in Hawaii for the entire campaign. They refused to debate. They would fly him back for one-off fundraising events, closed-door events, and the guy won. Never having to come into contact with reporters asking tough questions. Um, to a degree, that's where we are with Herschel Walker. Yet he, he's new on the campaign trail, and they're not they're putting him in a, in a cage, a gilded cage, away from everyone. I would like to see him out on the campaign trail because, you know, here's the thing with Raphael Warnock in Georgia. The man... Like him or not, like his views or not, he's a gregarious people person and will be all over the state of Georgia filming all sorts of I love puppies, I'm a wonderful person ads. The media will give him a pass because he's Raphael Warnock and they're on his side. And Walker's got to be roughed up and he's got to be able to take it and face it. The reason here is because people who go through primaries do a better job. When you have candidates who refuse to primary, who are not primaried, who are anointed for office and they're never challenged, well, guess what? You don't get a free ride, particularly if you're a Republican, when you get into the general election. The media is going to throw everything at him. Herschel Walker needs to be out on the stage interacting with people on a regular basis, answering not my questions, but your questions, answering the tough questions. What do I stand for? Being probed, being pushed, being prodded, being challenged, being attacked, frankly on his record and his background and his past because it's going to happen in the general election. 
And at least if you do it in the primary, you get all this dirt out in the primary, then you get to the general, you say, well, it's old news. We've already dealt with this. Here's what we've said. And you move forward. You can't move forward when you've never gone through the muck and the mire to get there. It's a very dangerous game that's being played if, if they don't get him out there in the public to be seen and heard and challenged. All right. Let's go hyper local for a minute because this this is a crazy thing. I want to take your phone calls as well. Nationwide, 877-973-7425. It is Eric Erickson, but you, you should know. So I have a 16-year-old, and she wanted to go the other day to Walmart to get something. I said, ah, don't go to Walmart. It's after dark. You don't want to go to Walmart. Now, she would not have gone to this Walmart, but up the road from me, there's another Walmart, and there was a shooting. One person dead, one in custody. A mother happened to actually walk into the Walmart and see her son murdering someone. Yeah. And two high school kids. Now, the high school boy, the murderer, says he was, it was self-defense. But this email, a letter just went out. There's a basketball game between these two high schools. This is uh, Monroe County, Georgia. And this is from the Sheriff's Department. The Mary Persons versus Jackson High School basketball games scheduled for tonight, January 7, 2022, will be played with no fans in the gymnasium. The decision for the fanless event is based on information received from various sources, including the Monroe County Sheriff's Office, that tonight's game could experience retaliatory violence resulting from the shooting death that occurred at the Forsyth Walmart on Sunday, January 2nd. School administrators have made the decision to cancel all junior varsity games on January 7th versus Jackson High School. Since there are no JV games, the varsity girls game versus Jackson will begin at 5 p.m. with the boys game to follow. We apologize for any inconvenience that playing these games without fans may cause our players, students, parents, or community. Fans who purchase tickets will receive refunds. We're talking junior varsity at a high school in middle Georgia because two dudes got in a fight at a Walmart and one killed the other. Now, I saw uh, what what every whatever, the, what's that idiot gun group? That, I mean, and I, I don't mean to use the word idiot, that common, but they really are idiots. Every town or whatever, uh, they... They actually said that in a tweet that it was a good thing that Washington, D.C. had such tough gun laws or there could have been even more bloodshed at the January 6th event. Washington, D.C. is one of the murder capitals of the United States. Nobody cares about the gun laws in Washington, D.C. The idea that gun laws make it safer boggles the mind when you get into Chicago, Illinois, where over 800 people were killed last year. And here we are with a local high school in middle Georgia where I live that is having to cancel in-person attendance at basketball games because of potential retaliation over a shooting at a Walmart between high schoolers. Now, the left will look at this and say, well, we need to round up all the guns. Well, you're not going to round up all the guns. And when everybody talks about rounding up the guns, they never talk about handguns anyway. 
we have a constitutional right in this country and you don't have the votes to amend the Constitution. And what's going on here is to avoid a more difficult problem. You know where I'm going with this. Gun violence in this country is not a problem because of the Second Amendment. It's a spiritual problem for which the state offers no answers. Now, people who are secularists, they don't like that, but it's true. We've got real spiritual problems in this country. We've got a lot of broken souls in this country. We've got mental health issues in this country. People don't want to talk about the mental health issue. They want to normalize mental health as if it's no big deal, as if it's nothing. I mean, look at the people, the, the libs on TikTok, Twitter account you could follow. People on display on Twitter and, and social media who have lost their damn minds. And they get on social media and they find other crazy people and they say, well, there's more of us. We must be a majority. And they get very loud and they get very vocal and they're nuts. Look at the transgender issue in this country now. Silencing, canceling, punishing anyone who says uh, that, that up is up and down is down. If you don't believe that up is down and down is up, you get canceled these days. You get punished for refusing to go down that road. The number of people, I have a, I have a standard rule and it has never, ever failed me once in my life. Never treat seriously someone who puts their pronouns in their bio on social media. Never, never treat seriously anyone who puts their pronouns and their bio on social media. I, this rule has never failed me. If you have bought into that cult-like anti-science belief, it, it tells me a lot about you. We have spiritual problems in the United States of America that no government is going to solve. But you know, there's a twist here. There's a twist. One of the side effects of the pandemic are the number of parents who've decided, you know what, we can have a one-income household now. I'm going to stay home with the kids. Overwhelmingly, yes, it's women, but in some cases, it's the dads while the moms work. Every bit of social data shows over the last 50 years that the kids who do best in life, the kids who are most grounded with the least amount of spiritual problems are the ones who have a loving parent in the household with them most of the day while the other parent works. The two-parent nuclear household is, to this day, the most stable way to raise a kid. Now, we don't like to talk about it a lot. Uh, Chesterton, let me, let me find the actual quote here uh, because it's worth um, reading you the actual quote from G.K. Chesterton, the Catholic philosopher. He wrote, tradition means giving votes to the most obscure of all classes, our ancestors. It is the democracy of the dead. I love that line, the democracy of the dead. Tradition refuses to submit to the small and arrogant oligarchy of those who merely happen to be walking about. Now, what does he mean by this? Not to dive into deep philosophy here, but do you know why polygamy isn't really a big thing in the world these days? Why we do so much the way we do? Why for so long it was the the dad or the, the man who did the heavy laboring and, and the wife stayed home? It wasn't the repressive patriarchy. I know that's what you're led to believe these days. But it's actually over thousands of years through trial and error, people tried different things. And they settled on what got the best results for their society. And it took thousands of years to figure it out. It takes generations to figure these things out. 
And ultimately, what society determined is having one father and one mother together with a bunch of kids and maybe the extended family with them is actually the most stable way to raise kids. And somewhere around 50 years ago, it all went to hell in a handbasket in this country. Now we've got villages raising kids. Thanks, Hillary Clinton. It's not a coincidence at all that the kid's most likely to join gangs, engage in drugs, do all sorts of other behaviors that they shouldn't tend to come from single-parent households. It's not to say that all the kids in in two-parent households are on the side of angels. That's not the case at all. You know, there's a reason there's a stereotype of the preacher's kid. But by and large, two-parent nuclear households tend to have the most stable families. And the irony of the pandemic, despite all the depression, all the drug use and abuse, the the suicides, uh, the addiction, the just the, the hopelessness that so many people feel, one of the silver linings that's coming out of it are the number of people who stayed home with their kids during the pandemic and realized, you know what, I can do this. Now, all of us who are in the situation, my wife, God bless her, she is a stay-at-home mom. Worked for years with her health and all it's a number of years ago. I've talked about it. We just decided, you know what? Let, let me get an extra work. Let me get extra income and you stay home. And it, it's, it's helped. But there are some days she's like, you know what? I need a job because I need to get away from the kids. I mean, we love our kids, but sometimes you need a break. But it's not for everyone. And it's not meant to judge, but it is to tell you that one of the the side effects of this silver lining is that um, we have a situation in this country where more and more moms are saying, you know what? I saw what my kids were having to learn on Zoom calls with school and it's crap. I can stay home and help them and do better. Or you have situations where the moms and the dads are like, you know what? You make more money, dear. So I, the husband, I'm going to give up my job and stay home with the kids. Now, that's sometimes hard because men more than women will define themselves by their career. I know I'm, I'm guilty of that. And a lot of men define themselves by what they do for a living. And they don't find fulfillment in being home with the kids in ways some uh, women are more likely comfortable doing. And it doesn't mean that all women are comfortable doing it. And, you know, you have to dance a fine line on this issue because some people just want to be insulted with anything you say on this. My gosh, every time I talk about two-parent nuclear households, I get some woman emailing me angrily that how dare I disrespect her as a single mom. I'm not. I'm just telling you. The democracy of the dead over time, it, it has worked out and social science reflects it. And here we come full circle because of the pandemic to a time where more and more families are saying, you know what, one of us is going to stay home with the kids and one of us is going to work and we can make ends meet and we may cut back some and that's fine. We've had to cut back because of all this stuff. Now, I don't know whether that will last or not, but I'm interested in the societal effects long term because of it. And, you know, for a while, in the first year of this pandemic, there seemed to be no baby boom. And then suddenly it has happened. There are suddenly all these people cooped up together suddenly having kids. And a lot of the baby boom is coming from people who already have kids. The environmentalists are going to hate that one. My gosh, the environmentalists want everyone single and sterile. But it's fascinating when you look at the societal data out there. Uh, the rebuilding of the two-parent family in the black community uh, is happening 
and it is having a stabilizing impact. Uh, children, just pay attention to this. this. This is not me. This is the actual data. This is the data from the federal government. This is the data from nonprofit groups. This is the data from academic institutions that study this. Kids who have two parents at home, when they get out of the house, tend to do better in life themselves. They tend to make more income. They tend to have better jobs. And they themselves tend to be more stable, less prone to addiction and destructive vices by having two parents in the house. That's not everybody. There are exceptions. There are people you and I both know who are have two-parent households and the kids are deeply screwed up. Everybody knows people like that. Maybe it's you. It's what the data shows. So when you go through a pandemic and we have parents who are now more and more inclined to stay home and spend time with their kids, that should that's one of the silver linings that comes through all the misery and dread of this. It's like, I don't know, maybe it's God saying, hey, people, pay attention to this. Watch. And people are doing it. And if we could figure out a way to rebuild the collapse in inner city homes, in in the single families that are out there, and, you know, by the way, you, you can't just talk about this as, as a black thing. And I know a lot of conservatives like to say, well, it's it's black families, the, the single parent houses, Appalachia, overwhelmingly white, overwhelmingly the exact same problems. It has more to do with income and social status, frankly, than it has to do with race. But across the board, we're seeing this turnaround. And if anything good comes out of the pandemic, it may very well be that, that moms and dads have decided, you know what, we're going to invest in our kids and our family and grow our family because the government can't take care of us. The government can't even beat a virus. We're going to have to take care of ourselves. And if you have a family that does that and realizes the family has to rely on the family and the extended family and not on the government, well, then society itself wins by that, even through all the muck and dread and direness of what we face with this virus. Society wins when families realize families got to stay together and help each other out because that overwhelmingly, you doing the best for your family and me doing the best for my family and the free marketplace of ideas and competition means we wind up doing the best for society overall. Interesting way to look at the COVID pandemic in ways we don't often talk about. Now, I got to talk about Patriot Mobile. I should have done it the first hour and forgot. My fault. Uh, Patriot Mobile is my cell phone. Well, I got to be honest with you. So I've got two cell phones. I I got Patriot Mobile because I was deeply curious. And now I use them and I've got AT&T as my other provider. And there are places I go where I can't get my AT&T signal to work. And I have Patriot Mobile and they work. The reason is because Patriot Mobile uses the same cell towers that all the other companies use from Verizon to AT&T. And you go to Patriot Mobile and you can say, I I put me on these towers, Verizon, AT&T, however you want to work it. You know, they've got different, different cell signals and the like. But the big thing about Patriot Mobile is that they're conservatives and they contribute their profits to the conservative movement. So not only do you get great cell service where, I mean, I can be out in rural Georgia where my other cell phone doesn't work and the Patriot Mobile one always has service there. Down in, in past Thomaston in, in middle Georgia, if those of you know where that is. Uh, and it works. It does. It's great. And you can save money if you're a veteran, a first responder, a teacher, an NRA member. You get a large family. You need multiple lines. You can save money. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. What you do is you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you, you get free activation. And again, a portion of their profits goes to fund the conservative movement. So you're working with people who share your values and they fight on your side. Well, we have a historic milestone happening right now. Joe Biden's net disapproval in the Real Clear Politics polling average has hit a historic high. Uh, Disapproval is 54.6%, approval 42.1%. 
Uh, it's a 12.5% gap between disapprove and approve. Uh, so the way the rolling average works, the the old poll has rolled out now. So let me give you the numbers. Insider Advantage down 17. CNBC, Change Research, that's a Democratic uh, operation, by the way. It's down 12. Political Morning Consult down 10. Trafalgar Group, which is a Republican group, down 16. USA Today Suffolk, he's down 14. Economist YouGov down 8. Rasmussen Reports, which leans to the right, is down 17. Reuters Ipsos, he's down 6. The big one to pay attention to, I think, is the CNBC Change Research Poll. That's a Democratic polling group that worked with CNBC. It's an online poll, though. You should know, but he was down 12. But then the USA Today Suffolk poll, Suffolk's a pretty good pollster. He's down 14. These are the independent pollsters. They're not the partisan pollsters. Yes, down 16 with a with a Republican poller, Trafalgar, but he's down 12 with a Democratic pollster, Change Research. I mean, when you got the Democrats and Republicans who don't agree on anything, agreeing that Biden's polling sucks, you know he's in a bad place. It's just, it, it, it's profound. And so you know what's going to happen? The hysteria, It's we're all going to see the hysteria now. we got more and more people out there on television saying that, you know, if the Republicans win in November, it's game over for our democracy. These people are deeply broken. And it's not true, by the way. Uh, our democracy will be fine, although I do think uh, that you and I, all of us, everybody else, needs to stop viewing everybody you disagree with as an enemy. There are people out there who really do want to under, undermine this country. I think members of the squad in Congress really do, by and large, they, they dislike what this country is. They want to undermine it. But there are people who agree with them who just really think, you know, it would actually help the country. And you got to be able to nuance and distinguish between them. Not everyone is your enemy. There's a great piece. I'll leave you with this. Uh, discipled by algorithms. Where is Big Tech leading you? My, my buddy Jason Thacker at the ERLC uh, is... is wrote this in this past year, many Christians are beginning to wake up to the reality that technology is not a neutral tool that we simply choose to use for good or ill from the ways that misinformation and conspiracy theories alter our perception of truth and reality to the massive exposés of major social media companies about how their products are changing our social fabric. It has become clear that technology is not simply a tool. Technology is a force that can rapidly shape our lives often by pushing us towards specific ends that clash with the goals of an ethical, moral, in his case, Christian life. Take, for example, the ways these tools push us to comment on every breaking news story or cultural event the moment they happen. We're encouraged, and often far more than encouraged, to immediately share our opinion, often without context or knowledge of a particular issue. Instead of cultivating wisdom and restraint, technology often pushes us towards gut-level reactions, partisan talking points, and appeals to our tribe, all while we craft and manicure an online identity. We would all be better off if we were less online and more in the real world. It's good for our soul to be relational around real people, not just digital replications thereof. You guys have a great weekend. See you on Monday. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, 
First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan. Say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.